because you are now in bed with Dr. Sooners. Oh. Are you alone in the house? Oh, my. Are you? <laughs> Happy Halloween, folks! Welcome to In Bed with Dr. Sue. I'm your host, the fairy godmother of fetish, Sue Storm, affectionately referred to as Dr. Sue. I'm joined tonight by my lovely co-host, Ashley Jill of AshleyJill.net. Hello! Hello! Ash and I are armchair paranormal and alien enthusiasts. Oh, fuck yeah. So we are loving tonight's show. It's going to be interesting. It is. Oh, what a very spooky show we have for you guys tonight with our guest, parapsychologist and former MUFON investigator, Andy Baca. You'll remember him from our show on alien and xenomorph fetish. Andy's here to bring us stories from his investigations into the paranormal and sex, or better known as spectrophilia, which is actually having sex with a ghost or an entity. Andy's been doing a ton of research as well on the haunted brothels in Las Vegas. So there's a lot of interesting, spooky info to come in just a bit. But first I want to touch on a couple of things that aren't so spooky. Well, kind of spooky, I guess. Kind of weird. Um, well, okay, so I want to point out an issue that I had with a lettered sex therapist. A lettered sex therapist. So what I mean like by right, what I mean by lettered uh-huh. is he has a doctorate. So he's okay, got so letters T-A-T-D, behind his name. Yes. whatever, okay. Okay, so now I'm pointing this out so that you can see that the letters mean nothing unless it's MD or a related MD specialty. Um, especially when it comes to finding a good therapist, and you need to do your homework. So, as you guys all know, I've been in a cuckold relationship for a very long time. And I make no bones about it. I'm more than happy to talk about it. And, of course, a huge part of what I do is helping couples who are trying to integrate this type of lifestyle into their lives. So, I was asked if I would talk about it to a sex therapist who is working on the shame associated with this type of lifestyle. There's an irony in the shame part. So, of course, like, I'm happy to do so. No problem. I make arrangements. Um, The problem was this gentleman wanted both myself and my husband to do a video interview. Uh, Yeah, and I draw the line (laughs) at video. Warning, warning. Right? And I'll get to why in a minute. But this is the important part. When I declined the video interview and said we'd be happy to do an audio interview, this doctor proceeded to shame me for not doing it. What? I swear to God. By commenting that I was ashamed about our lifestyle. Okay, so this is exactly what he wrote back to me without finding out why I wouldn't do the video. Okay? Quote, I'm really looking for video. Darn. The shame connected to cuckold is strong. Okay, first of all, you can't even put on a proper sentence. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, but you're nitpicking at the wrong thing here. I know, but I'm just saying. Okay. Okay, go on. In my opinion, that's one of the most unprofessional comments I've heard in a while, okay? Like, not of all time, I've heard worse. But it's ranking up there. And why? Because if you're a sex therapist, I would expect you not to jump to conclusions 
let alone shame a possible guest without first finding out what the issue is. So it makes me question this guy's ability to help anyone. Mm -hmm. And it's a great example of what's wrong in mental health. Now, I could do a sideline. I won't. There's also an issue with a lot of men getting into sex therapy for nefarious reasons, but I won't go down that road. Just keep it in mind. But, okay, so why would a sex therapist who's trying to get people to talk about the shame and cuckolding turn and shame them for not participating in his little research project? I don't think he's real. Because he doesn't know what he's doing, that's why. Yeah. So the first thing I do is I assure anonymity when anyone participates on this show or in my articles. Why? And this is where you're getting to the reason why I didn't do this video. Because we don't live in a society that accepts sexuality, let alone offshoot sexuality. Right? So if it's anything different from, you know, missionary sex, forget it. They're going to freak out. So in the case of my husband, he makes his living in a small town. A small, very white-bred, ultra-conservative town. Right? Yeah, you don't need that shit out there. Right? And this town already lost its mind over my store, and it's going to lose its mind over him, and it's going to destroy his business. Absolutely. You know, I would love to say that we live in a progressive society. We don't. We don't. We do not. So I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with shame. It has to do with being able to function in society, in the society that we live in. Mm-hmm. So it, they're not going to accept that. And if we already know that, why would I place myself or him in that position? It just makes no sense. No. So of course I'm going to protect his identity. Yes, I'm going to protect his identity. Is it due to shame? No, it's due to having to function with the rest of the world. So the absurdity of a doctor doing research on an alternative lifestyle shame than shaming possible interview subjects in a word is disgusting to me. Yep. And this is why I caution anyone who is trying to get therapy, do your, research. do your research on the potential doctor. Just because he calls himself a sexual therapist and has written a couple of, by the way, misogynistic books. Doesn't mean shit. About female desire. Excuse me? I, I'm still, I'm, I have issues, sorry guys, but I have issues with men writing books about what women desire and what we think and how we feel. You don't. You guys don't have a clue. So I do. I'm sorry. It just that's just a point with me that I don't really like. But you should never be pressured or shamed into being a guest on a show no. or part of a research group, especially when the issue is on shame. Absolutely. Like I'm fucking real. That's an oxymoron. Right. No just way. like right? it's unbelievable. And another thing that I want to bring up tonight, really quickly. Oh. Do, 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 do. You're all in trouble now. You know it, man. I want to bring up the latest in sexual assault. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's that time of evening where we need to discuss the latest techniques in sexual assault. Because uh, if you're taking it off without your partner. Oh, no, I jumped ahead here. Hold Woo! on. Whoa, taking it off. Okay, anyway, so sorry, backing it up here, I just kind of jumped ahead there. The, the latest thing in sexual assault is stealthing. What's stealthing? Okay, for those of you who don't know what stealthing is, like Ashley, it's when the male removes his condom without you knowing, thereby ejacula- uh-huh. ejaculating inside of you. 
So now, why is this considered sexual assault? Because, as I was going to say, if you're taking your condom off without your partner knowing about it, you are now removing consent. Uh, Yeah, I was just saying it was not consensual. So now it's sexual assault. But here's an even more disturbing detail that has been lost in the story. Now, there's a lot of different news organizations that are covering stealthing and just discussing the fact that it's kind of a crude thing to do. But there's more and more sexual predators out there that are knowingly spreading HIV and other sexual infections for sport. So this is not just a female issue. It's a sex issue. If you're having sex with a male, period, no matter who you are, you need to be aware of this practice and you need to know that you're in danger when it's someone you don't know. So you've got to be vigilant. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that great? So just another thing that we all have to freaking well be aware of because of men being the bane of our existence. <laughs> Why you guys got to be like that? Right? Like, why can't we all just get along? But no. nobody got time for that. I mean, that's, no. that's not even getting into the Harvey Weinstein. And I know. The, I thought you that's know, where you were like, going. No. Like, oh, no. No, no, oh. no. Like, I don't even have to. Yeah, right? <laughs> You don't even have to go down Weinstein Lane or Jeremy Piven Lane or who else have we got? Andy um, Dick. Well, Andy <laughs> Dick. Hello, Andy Dick is so Andy Dick is a dick. I mean, it's like the best name for him. He so was waiting not for surprising. Them. Like, where were you guys? I've been waiting. <laughs> hello. God. It's been like how, how many years? times does someone have to assault somebody to get an attention around right, here? You exactly. know, like Jesus, God. So, anyways, yeah, so that's even without discussing all the latest allegations of pigdom yes. going on, you need to be careful that this is now a thing. It's Absolutely. it's a thing. So watch what your dude is doing there and... Oh, ooh, what's this? Hold on. Oh, that is absolutely true. Yes, Castaway. Okay. I this is this is what Castaway just wrote in chat. I recommend that these gentlemen and, and I, I use, use that, that term, term loosely give Dr. Sue and Miss Ashley a call on their night flirt line for some discipline. No, we don't want you to call us on our night flirt line. If you're stealthing or if you're Jeremy Piven or whoever else is out there oh. assaulting people. Oh, who was it? Kevin Spacey, that was it. Um, no, 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 no. Verbal is not enough. We need to, you need to come visit us for some pro work. (laughs) We'll show you what stealth really means. Because no one can hear you scream out here. (laughs) That's absolutely Ah! true. So true. And speaking of screaming, we've got shout outs. (laughs) Oh, what the hell? It sounded like someone puked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, come on now. Okay, go for it. What's wrong with that? At the end. <laughs> I know, that's the best part. <laughs> so, we have shout-outs tonight. First of all, I want to say hi to Tom in Austria. Tom has made himself known to me on FetLife. Very nice man. Hi, Tom. We have a shout-out from Bus Pimp, a.k.a. James Bondage. I'm sorry. Bus, Bus Pimp, Pimp sounds so cool. I'm sorry. When I found out he was using an AKA of James Bondage, I was just like, I love that. I like <laughs> the so, bus one. You like bus pimp? Yeah. Well, that's uh, his, that's uh. his Twitter handle. Anyways, um, he just wants to say hello to us and to all the listeners hey. of the Halloween show. Hopefully it will be a kinky and frightful show. 
as well as fun and educational. Of course. Of course, of course. <gasps> and we have another one. Oh. Miss Angela's Pussy Whipped Boy Toy has a message. I would like to send out get well soon wishes to the consummate Rocky Mountain cocktease, Ms. Angela, a.k.a. Literatrix. While she recuperates, be sure to check out her writing at zenfetish.com and blisteredlips.com, where she serves up the smuttiest pen poison this side of Belle Biv DeVoe. You know. That's nice. That's nice. That's sweet. That, that, that is. That's, it's, he's like paying homage to, to his well, exalted leader. And we love Angela because Angela's hot. She's great. She knows her shit. Oh, a couple more people. I'm going to say hi to Lee, who's from Twitter. He just got a new puppy. Hi, Lee. He's in the U.K. He's listening. So hi, Lee, and we love your new puppy. It is adorbs. And hi to Steven, who's my personal pet. So hi, Steven. Steven. He'll be listening in later. And right now, we're going to go to some messages, and we will be right back with Andy. Are you listening, Andy? You can feel it already. So you can feel it. Are you ready to drop down to your knees at the feet of an alluring and sensual goddess? Do you dream? Do you dream dominated by a powerful domino? A domino that will take control of your secret desires and fetishes. Would you like to experience deep entrancement? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, visit me, Goddess Belia, at www.dominabrandelia.com or visit my other media portals. Designed to titillate the senses at hypnotic Lear on Twitter. So sensually hypnotic you can feel it feel it already already. So sensually hypnotic you can feel What's up, y'all? This is K2 Cocky, formerly Cocky the MC, and you are in bed with Dr. Sue. Be sure. Are you building your financial domination empire? Do you have questions that you can't seem to find the right answers for? Darling, you need to get greedy. Greedy by Madame Sose is a handy guide designed to help you get a leg up in the world of financial domination. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Head to InBedWithDrSue.com to the show page for Spectrophilia and you'll find a link to purchase your very own hard copy of Greedy, the intensely popular guide to help you get started in financial domination. Signed by Madame Sose herself for only $20 with all proceeds going to the Yes campaign for same-sex marriage in Australia. That's every single dime. So head to either InBedWithDrSue.com or MadameSose.com and look for Greedy Dr. Sue 
and start your greedy business the right way. Sup, y'all? This is K2 Cocky, formerly Cocky the MC, and you are in bed with Dr. Sue. Be sure to check out my mixtape, Mental Trillness, Volume 1. Google Mental Trillness, or go to cacavelli.bandcamp.com. Cacavelli, Yeah, we love coffee. We love the cockmeister. I screwed that up a little bit early, but... That's all right. No biggie deal. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Andy Baca, who is going to discuss with us all things spookified. So I bring to you Mr. Baca. Hello. 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 Pleasure, guys. We are so happy. Yes, we want to talk all about this crazy stuff you've been investigating. Alrighty. Uh, first, uh, Literatrix tweeted me and said she's listening. She can't chat right now, but she's there. <clears throat> Epic. I can see that. So is the doctor, by <laughs> the way, for those of you he's listening to. Hi, doctor. Hello. <laughs> Hello, doctor. So, Andy, okay, let's start with... Um, where do you want to start? There's so much to get into. It's like, Absolutely. do you want to do, do you want to start with the brothels? <laughs> um, I think we save that kind of best for last. Mine's kind okay. of getting. Uh, okay, I'm gonna let you do the this then. So, uh, you tell us where list. you want to go. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, I. Wrote everything down and I have no idea because <laughs> it was yeah so much. Um, just a second. How about celebrities that are having sex oh. with ghosts? Let's get into oh, the sex okay. with ghosts in the first place. So describe to everybody yeah. this spectrophilia. Like yes, okay. it's it's not even really a recognized paraphilia. But it's still there, and is it possible to have sex with a ghost? You know, that's the thing is, is there's two of you, uh, opposing viewpoints as to whether or not ghosts exist. And right. what it kind of boils down to is it's more of when you hear about a residual haunting uh we get into the uh, stone tape theory, which basically says that inanimate objects or uh, quartz, limestone, things of that nature can hold a person's energy. Let's say when someone is met with a tragic death uh, or death, the energy and disconnect from, uh, you know, the spirit and the body will. Right. And can it not get into like a perpetual loop of constantly rerunning uh, that moment? That's what it, that's what the census is. However, it's been studied that it's more of a person coming into play and being tuned into that, or they're giving off something that'll reflect that and trigger it. So, so then, a lot of times so then when, that means that you can't have sex with a ghost because there are no ghosts. Well, this is where we get into mind over matter and uh, psychokinesis and producing, uh, you know, things and sensations with our mind. Uh, okay. We can will things. 
um, you know, you guys have seen me play with this uh, spoon bending app for psychokinesis. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of neat. Uh, I do kind of think that there are some of these energies and spirits that hang around and, uh, you know, that energy and personality will still kind of be around and people of that nature will uh, trigger it and kind of perpetuate it. Uh, now, on the dark side of that, we go into, you know, the classic literature of the incubus and the succubus of other things. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with Kesha. You know, I love Kesha so much. My God, she's a sweetheart. And she has grown so much. And she had visited a uh, brothel in Texas. Uh, let's see, what was that? I believe it was. That? Uh, Texas, Miss Molly's Bed and Breakfast in Fort Worth. Uh, this was a particularly uh, bad brothel. And she went. Uh, so what? Make, what do you mean by vibe. bad? What makes it a bad brothel? <clears throat> okay, uh, the madam and the, you know, Mister that owned it would actually uh, take orphans from the orphanage close by, uh, and we're talking very young, you know, sixteen, fourteen-year-old girls, and putting them in the sex trade. And well, what uh, time oh, period? Nice. What time period are we talking though? This was. Uh, Early 1900s, okay. I think about okay. 1910 that uh, these incidences occurred, and so uh, now is this still sleeping. a brothel? Uh, no, now to this it's a day bed is it still a brothel? A no, oh, not a museum. Functioning. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a bed and breakfast, so you can go rent whatever. Okay. Um, okay. This so it's a bed and breakfast that used girl. to be a brothel. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Haunted. Still get tours. Uh, yeah, uh, the madam that, uh, you know, was of a particularly evil and bad nature, she's still there haunting it. Um, so is the man. But the particular girl uh, was of a young age, like I said, between 14 and 16. And she was, she somehow tuned into Kesha and appeared to her. So that kind of changed Kesha a little bit. And then with her uh, falling out with Dr. Luke and restricting her music. So when she was finally able to release her uh, new CD, uh, I believe it was at Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she kind of talks about how she's evolved in a lot of things. And she talked about, she claimed to have had, you know, a little snug fest with a, a spirit. And, I think a lot of that is... So, wait, wait, wait. Back up, back up, back up, back up. What does mm-hmm. she describe as a snug fest? Uh, pretty much anybody else. A little bit of, uh, say, cuddling, the feeling of a, of a presence, and, sens- you know, sensations in the nether regions, let's say. Uh, other celebrities have had like that. Bobby Brown has claimed out. Uh, I believe there's one of the... Bobby, wait, wait, wait. From... Bobby Brown. <laughs> Bobby yes, Brown. Bobby Brown just came out. Has claimed mm-hmm. to have uh, been diddled by a ghost. Was it Whitney? Yes. Uh, he didn't say. <laughs> uh, Dan Aykroyd has been another one. Well, it's not Danny. Danny's Danny so tuned in; it's unreal. So that's two other things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. 
so many others. Let me see. I'm working with such an old, outdated iPad. Who do we have? Uh, Kelly Cuoco, uh, Emma Stone. I think there's who else is there? Katie Perry. So all of these people are saying that they have had some kind of a sexual encounter with a ghost. <laughs> yes. And so when you say, it is is, it, would you say it's mostly just like, like you said, tingling in the nether regions? Okay, so is it that they're feeling a a horniness that's coming from somewhere else? Are they feeling penetrated? Like, what is this? Is it full sex? Uh, I I personally believe it ranges. Uh, we'll get into that into the uh, entity case a lot. Don't believe that it, but uh, you know there are uh, physical appearances that the skin condition of you know a light fingernail drag and it'll uh, produce welts. Uh, you right. know marks also appear, uh, but I do think that there is a, an outside influencing energy. Like I said, be it if it's something that lingers in the room, or they go into that mindset, or they're already there and just need a reason. Hmm. Now, do we think that it is an actual entity, or is it a sexual leftover energy, or is it both? For the most part, I do believe it is just a leftover sexual energy. That, so know, when they're, they're walking into hiding. a room, they're feeling this sexual energy. It's not so much a ghost is actually grabbing you and, you know, molesting you. Right. It's Yeah, it's, it's produced by the mind. Um, I have, but I have seen, you know, there's other places let's see what else was there uh the mustang ranch is one where there are you know the physical um assaults and things like that and uh i don't really believe that it's completely perpetuated by you know their uh the gal's fear and everything uh i do think that there is a bit of an outside influence from your research i huh sorry from your research would you say that most poltergeist activity is being caused in, in even any kind of telekinesis or psychic, sorry, psychokinesis is being caused not by an entity per but se, by the person itself. but yes, by the person because they get into an agitated state, thereby activating portions of the brain that the rest of us don't and thereby something goes flying across the room. Yes, that is uh, the number one and biggest uh, cause, and it's really more common uh, than a lot of people realize. Uh, one of the biggest examples, you know, is we're surrounded by technology and circuitry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so sensitive. And uh, it was, I think, it's James McDonald from, uh, you know, when McDonald aircraft was around he went to you know uh the princeton engineering anomalies research lab and uh jb ryan and uh said you know if people can influence under stressful conditions electronics we have to take a great concern about our our new jet technology and our jet fighter pilots 
so they did heavy research on that. And so a lot of times when um, you're messing with your phone or you're frustrated and you're, you know, you feel so much tension and blood pressure and everything, it comes from the subconscious. It's really weird because, you know, you can sit there and say, I'm going to bend this spoon and focus on it, and you're thinking really hard and you're going to have an aneurysm. It kind of doesn't work like that. What it is is it's kind of a subconscious thing that works in the background. You have to be a little bit more relaxed. But with so many of the out. energies of the – Yeah, it's uh, because we can't – if you don't know that it's you – it's just going wild all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, until I had uh, discovered that I kind of have this a little bit, uh, I, oh my gosh, let's see, I blew a coil on the stove because I'm constantly stressed, you know, having to cook and everything. And um, I was just really stressed making eggs like I do every day and getting ready for breakfast. And I walk away from the stove and come back in the same, you know, in a few seconds, and oh, I see sparks flying from the coil and the stove and everything burns out, so I shut it off. Call the repairman, and um, you know, what's wrong with this? And he says, uh, Well, did you drop it in water when it was on? No, well, that's the only way it would happen. Um, I've had uh, my phone's a lot of a big one. Um, if I get really stressed, sometimes the lights in the place will dim. Uh, but it's kind of like a, you have the thought, and that kind of puts it in line. And then when you forget about it, but you're still kind of like it's it's cooking on the back of your mind, and you can't get out, but you're trying to go through. It kind of happens in that moment. But mm-hmm. in some instances, it's like uh, uh, see, Jackie Hernandez and Doris Bithers in the Entity in San Pedro hauntings. Uh, these were extreme uh, causes because of the behavior and sexual abuse that they've uh, lived through, and it continued and manifested itself. Um, well, let's talk about the entity case because some people don't know it. Um, it is a rather famous case, but it doesn't mean that everybody knows what it is. So give a brief overview <laughs> of that one because that was interesting. Okay, yeah, there was a big movie about it in uh, the 80s uh, with Barbara Hershey uh, about... Um, Doris Bithers, and what had happened was she lived with her three sons, uh, was divorced. She, uh, we believe she had been, uh, you know, sexually assaulted and uh, things like that from a member of her family, her husband, and other things. And she did claim uh, that she had been uh, sexually raped and things. Uh, scratch marks, bruises, bite marks. Uh, Dr. Barry Taff was the main uh, investigator on there with, I believe, uh, Kerry Gaynor. And they, he, he was able to find out that, you know, this spontaneous psychokinesis uh, does occur. And, and psychokinesis in meaning case, what? What's the difference between psychokinesis and telekinesis? Uh, telekinesis is like a communication uh, of the mind. You're communicating something. Psychokinesis is more of a movement. Okay. You're putting more of a force than a thought. Um, 
So is it that she was, was she creating this with her mind or was this an actual um, legitimate, like what was the end result? Was it a legitimate um, spectrophilia sort of assault? Well, that's that's the big question because uh, they're remaking it, and the new a new team of investigators is actually uh, interviewing her uh, her sons. She died of, um, I believe it was a heart condition or heart attack, and and for some reason the doctors still can't really explain as to why. I think and these assaults would, pre- were ongoing. Didn't they go on for years and years and years? Oh, it continued for all of her life. So it was it attached it to continued. her, not necessarily where she was. So it wasn't associated right. with a place. It was associated with her. Yes, with her and a person. We, uh, you know, her ex-husband was still alive, and I believe it was a, uh, an uncle, and I believe her father that had molested and sexually assaulted her. Uh, in, in the case where they were able to record... Uh, the events that happened, uh, there was a team of those, I think about 21 photographers. And in the movie, you do see these sparks and streams of light shoot out from anywhere and, uh, you know, hit. And part of that was her being stressed. But the other thing was that they weren't able to capture was the entity actually manifested itself. And that was the only thing they couldn't capture. And what it had looked like was, you know, those plasma screens that you put your hand on and the electricity mm-hmm. comes up. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just like that, but of a dark figure. Now, the other thing and how the entity manifested itself was you see a rainbow arc of light. And how they knew that it was legitimate that she didn't have a flashlight or light leaking into the room was they had, you know, black poster board all over the windows, whatever, but the light did not bend into the corner. So when you would shine a flashlight, you'll see the light bend and take into the form of the corner. This didn't do that. So it would it would actually um, just suck up the light and it would still be dark, right? Right. So, and with her though, if I if I recall, I'm just trying to remember this particular case. To me, because it's associated with her, and the fact that she would be getting, if I recall correctly, she was saying she was being raped by this entity, right? Yes. Um, what Dr. Barry Taff had found out was, you know, uh, of her promiscuous nature and things like that there was some kind of a subconscious projection of kind of, of her sons and her other male uh, figures in her life. When she described the rape of uh, being raped by these entities, uh, she describes two uh, small ones holding her and a taller one. Well, that kind of fits the description of her sons. Um, mm. Now, I don't now here's the thing is where it does split between parapsychologists and paranormal investigators. I think had there been you know say the three scratch marks uh, something more of a mm-hmm. demonic presence that would take it more into a literal uh, but I do think that there was that residual that she was causing, but I do think that somebody from her past did keep 
perpetuating it. So you think, in other words, you think that somebody from her past was triggering this and she was actually the one creating all of this due to this past trauma? Yes. Okay. So we don't think in the entity case that it actually was an entity. The the parapsychologists say no. I say that there are cases where... uh, an entity well see that's the thing is an entity is of an unknown spirit. This could have just been the manifestation uh from herself and her subconscious, but I do think that there was an external entity force that lingered one of the two, you know, authoritative figures and it did perpetuate that. And that's something else we'll see in uh the San Pedro haunting where it's psychokinesis can only explain so far. Geomagnetic anomalies can only explain so far, such as the house of Sharon Tate where she was murdered. Uh, you know, as haunted as it is, as they want to call it, the geomagnetic hotspots are there. It literally makes people sick. So it mm-hmm. might not be that there is somebody there, and that's a very big cause because when we do go, you know, when you do go into a haunted place, you look around. And you're like, okay, well, what's the high voltage because and the high magnetic fields? Uh, For instance, you know, when my dad died in May, uh, I was like, all right. I turned to my brother and I said, I got this app. I said, you want to test it out and see what's happening? And um, he said, okay. So we were in in a room and, you know, go through the whole house, check XYZ access with your electromagnometer. And I use the uh, M2 app. It has basically all the hand tools you'll need. And uh, these iPhones have great equipment. So it's actually really good to use. So what, what is an M2? Was, what does the app do? Uh, it has a whole interface of an EVP recorder, uh, an EMF, kind of different light filters. It's an all-in-one app for uh, devices. There was something called the Ghost Arc, which was an all-in-one handheld device that would put your thermometer, your electromagnometer, um, your EVP, your ghost box, all these things. Well, it didn't quite work out for them. Uh, but, you know, there are there is a lot of great sensors in these iPhones. So you can pull up a dashboard in the app, and it has all the equipment running on one. I couldn't get any EVPs, so I had to use the phonetic generator, and that was very interesting because my dad led me to some things that I hadn't told anybody about that I had wanted. Uh, But back to the EMF, um, I was going around the room and the house and checking, and of course everybody's got Wi-Fi these days, so I'm like, okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. How long after he passed, Andy, did you do this? Was it like within minutes? Oh, uh, two weeks. Within two weeks, I was there. Within two weeks, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going around the room in the house, and okay, here's where the Wi-Fi is, and I get closer, and it starts going up, and finally it hits 30 when the whole phone is sitting on top of the box. So I move back out, and I'm literally in the middle of the room, and it's going to 30. So I start walking around to see where it's at, and I start moving, and it's going to 30 in a straight place, back into some objects and things that packed away, because last time I was there, I didn't really have a 
good time, and I was going to clean out that room. Andy, what does 30 uh, mean? So if, if we're huh? looking at this unit and you're saying, okay, each time you go somewhere it's saying 30, and this is a phonetic generator, what does all that mean? Oh, okay, uh, different equipment. Like um, there's a certain normal amount of electromagnetic background radiation that should be present, say one milligauss or two. Okay. Uh, anything that starts getting higher, you're starting to get something. So it's, you know, one, okay. two, normal, it starts going up, kind of like when you see in the ghost shows. Now, the, this equipment that we use is not meant to monitor or detect ghosts. It's, it's a byproduct in the environment. And when it comes to equipment, I don't believe in using ion generators or pumps because it makes no mm-hmm. difference. You're wasting your money. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's been shown that people have an effect over technology, and as good as an electromagnometer is, it can still be affected by the person using it or the person okay. next to you. When you're on an investigation, you know, you've got to be 100 on your game, otherwise you're susceptible <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're saying yeah. 30, that's high. 30 is very high. You sh- you know, five, you're standing next to something very high electromagnetic. You know, stand in front of the microwave. There's a lot there. And, right. um, yeah, there's only so much that's a normal amount of radiation in the house. Uh, kind of like with Geiger counters. Uh, you, we don't use Geiger counters in paranormal investigations anymore because it's not really practical. It's not useful. In ufology, mm-hmm. that's a different story. Right. Uh, so, okay, no, so you're walking around the room, and how is this guiding you? So if, you're, if everywhere you go in the room is showing a high electromagnetic release, how is that, what, how, what is that saying to you? Well, that there's something there. But it was, I was in the middle of the room, and so I'd start to see if I was like, was it the ceiling fan that I'm under, or is it wiring, or what else is it? Is it the cables? So you kind of have to map everything out. And another thing that they've come out with is like the ghost radar app. I was Mm -hmm. really skeptical about it. And basically, what it is is kind of like that it's trying to, uh, it uses algorithms to say, this is so much of a normal background noise. And this is where a magnetic fluctuation field would be and kind of visualize it like we would with the aircraft. And mm-hmm. I didn't think that that was legit. So when I'm using the M2, I have my, the whole dashboard set up where you could go individually. I let it all run, and I had my brother. And I thought, well, if this is all algorithm, maybe it's a toy program. They should sync up at some point. No, that didn't happen. I'd have his running and it would just be going off everything. Meters be going off, vocabulary be going off, and mine would be dead, and I was sitting there just drained, and I'm like, I didn't do anything exhaustive. I just ate, and now mm-hmm. I feel like i got to take a nap. So it's, it took me almost two hours to do one simple session. <laughs> um, so is that because you weren't protecting yourself? I think what it was was, you know, they, the spirits can use a person's energy. And mm-hmm. one thing that I'm very uh, cautious about is 
giving that energy or telling a spirit to use that energy. If I'm mm-hmm. in a position where something has to be energized, I'll just say, you know, there's some batteries, a piece of equipment, a running circuit, whatever. Use that because, you know, when it comes down to the good and the bad spirits, the bad have to ask. The good don't need to. Mm-hmm. And that was something I had uh, – that was why I had watched the uh, Ouija board session with the alien cat house girls. I thought, oh, mm-hmm. boy, on Christmas. That's weird. Well, But we're going to get to that, wrong. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's you always got to be careful about what you're playing with and, and who you're playing with. So what happened with your dad? Did you did you end up? You said you start you discovered things. How did you discover stuff that you were looking for? Uh, uh, the electromagnetic readings and the radar, and then uh, certain words would come up. For instance, uh, two days before he died, I was telling my mom to get him one of these mission cool towels. You just put water on it, and it cools down to thirty degrees colder than your ambient temperature and um, I had just gotten one so that was on a Saturday Monday I got the call that he had died and I didn't say to anybody that I'd kind of like to you know have the one that he had but I didn't say it to anybody so one night I think it was the night before the funeral my brother and I were in the room and he said um, toilet and toothbrush and before when I had gotten there, even though my dad had taken over my room and uh, my my bathroom, she said, you know, don't touch anything, don't move anything. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not <laughs> dead or alive. I never messed with that stuff. And um, so I said, oh, toilet. Okay, so I went to the bathroom, and I'd see the little radar blips go off into that general direction. So I was okay, following it. And the magnetic fluctuations would go. Uh, you know, 15, 20, sometimes 30, and I'd keep going. And it said toothbrush, and I'm looking on top of the sink and everything, and I'm like, nobody's toothbrush is here. It must be with his. So I opened the first drawer. No. Open the second drawer. Toothbrushes, razors, one that I sent him for Christmas, and then uh, the Mission Cool towel that I wanted right there just neatly folded. So when so you say that. that you were hearing the words toothbrush and what oh, was it, it was towel? A phonetic generator. Hmm? Yeah, what's a it phonetic the, generator? Because yeah. it sounds really cool. Uh, it's kind of like those old kid um, scenes says that, you know, you have a, um, an alphabet right there. But what this does is it allows the energies to manipulate a built-in vocabulary to produce words. So is it one of those so, ones that's like a whole bunch of words are being said and then it stops on a word? No, this actually, they pick, uh, you know, one particular word or, the, yeah, it just, it's a blank screen and uh, they just kind of influence the machine in the database and uh, a word will pick up after so a you word ask pops a question. Up? Yeah, just a little, it's almost like a big pager with a blank screen. Uh, some of them are hooked up to computers where you can basically text in the app, kind of like a box. Uh, that's one of the new things. I'm not too fond of, like, 
the loud radio sweeping boxes that they have like on Ghost Adventures because there's so much noise and it's so loud. There's no That's and, and I have one of those and I don't like it. And I've not. I, I to me, I, I we've never really had anything definitive never. come up on that. Have no, we? we've only had it go the, 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 like yeah, like it just. It, I find it just too distracting. This yeah. other, this particular unit sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, just the M, it's uh, in the App Store and Apple M2. Uh, it has all the basic equipment you would need for. I think there's even a free version, not much. But uh, yeah, it, it's pretty good. That is really cool. So you found the towel. Yes, I found the towel. That is so cool. Uh, and you kept the towel the because you wanted happened. it, and he knew that. Yes, I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell my brother. I didn't tell anybody, but he knew. Uh, let's see. Before I had gotten there and my brother had gotten there, my mom had, you know, woken up one morning. I think it was, she said it was about three. Said she saw somebody standing over her bed, and then when she kind of got up, she saw it walk around her her bed and thought somebody was in the house. Uh, the other thing was I slept in the bed, in his bed. <laughs> My brother and I were looking at each other. He's like, we're going to have to share the futon. And I'm like, no. I said, I'll take Dad's bed. And I really shouldn't have done that. It felt weird. I didn't really sleep. Uh, and one morning I woke up, and his computer was you know, locked. I didn't touch it or anything. It, everything was left the way it was. And I was, you know, laying there in bed about 8 o'clock, 8.30. And I hear some, some talking. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I was, maybe my brother's listening to something or something sound like coming from the bathroom. And then I listen, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay. And I look, and the computer just started up. It was playing on the on some YouTube video, it was a comedy video. So I was like, okay, that's weird because it had never came on for the whole two weeks that my mom was there and my brother was there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at the funeral, I had gotten two pictures of something of like a black breeze or a cloud leaving uh, where we had the you know, funeral session at. And before that, this huge gust of wind opened this huge, heavy metal glass door. And for some reason, the only person that was there on the other side of the room that went to close it was his best friend, Raymond. And, you know, 60, you know, late 60s, this man was struggling and putting his whole body weight to close this door. But it was just fighting him. And I think that was the last of them saying, you know, goodbye. Uh, mm-hmm. after, after that, I really didn't have any contact or anything like that. Just kind of like memory and, and things like that. I've had many other, uh, encounters with dead family members. It's not that uncommon. If something happens, my mom or my brother, I was like, did you hear from so-and-so? Uh, one instance was when my friend Travis had died. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm out here in North Carolina, and uh, I had this dream. My grandma was on the phone, and she said, I have something to tell you, but I don't know how to say it. 
I woke up, and I think it was about a day or two later, I'm at my friend's house, and my mom calls, and I have something to tell you, but I don't know how to say it. And I thought, just say it. Because <laughs> I already knew. And she said, Travis died. And I said, Grandma told me. And the other thing with Grandma was, uh, you know, I watched, I was there with her when she died. Uh, you know, my oh. mother and I was, I was five, you know, I was five feet at the end of her bed when she passed. And I won't get into details about that, but, uh, uh, a couple months after the funeral, uh, she came to me in a dream, and mm-hmm. it was outside the gates of heaven. And I thought, wow. <laughs> and she said, everything's going to be okay. She was happy and hugged me, and uh, I caught a glimpse of what that realm looked like, and I felt very privileged to see that because not everybody that has a dream or a near-death experience has a good vision of that or gets to see those things. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty marvelous sight. Has it stayed with you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, these the messages from beyond are you're here for a reason, and mm-hmm. it comes in languages and ways that we can decipher and relate. Um, it has shown me that, you know, whether you don't believe in a religion or you do, or it's it's the message and that that's there, and that there is help. Sometimes you have to ask for it, but the hard part is listening, and that's very difficult in today's world. Um, you know, after my near death experience, that was very weird. Uh, it has shown me that there is things to keep you going and to not give up as hard as it is. Everybody sees my struggles and everybody else's on Twitter. So if I, I do get a lot of help from the great beyond. I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people do and they don't even really know it. Yeah. Uh, another philosophy is mine. is You know, I, I believe we've all met the devil in person at one time or another in our lives. Uh, I believe we've met angels, you know, at one point or are still here watching over us. Or sometimes it's just people that are doing all the good things. So tell us about the San Pedro haunting. What is that one? Ooh, okay. San Pedro haunting was of uh, Jackie Hernandez. Uh, Barry Taff was still uh, lead investigator, but it went to a filmmaker, Barry Conrad, and let's see, who else was there? I have to pull it up because that one got very hairy. Uh, After the entity case had closed, they thought, we'll never find another case like this again. And lo and behold, the San Pedro haunting with uh, Jackie Hernandez came up. And what this was, was she was a single mother, had a baby, and uh, she had a kid too. But she had come from a similar background of, you know, being molested, sexually assaulted, things like that. And Uh the uh, recurring spontaneous psychokinesis would cause a lot of things around the house. But where it really crossed the line was, honey, the walls are bleeding. What is this substance that's dripping out of the walls and cracks? And if you go Uh to 
uh, ghosttheory.com or Dr. Barry Taff or look up anything of these, they'll show you there's this plasma liquid sitting on uh, ledges. And it's been verified that it is ectoplasm. It just doesn't have a DNA marker. Now, what Mm -hmm. it was was the house that she had lived in actually belonged to a welder. Now, this welder was a very disgruntled, angry person, and that's how you'll be in the afterlife if you don't really change. You know, those personalities stay with us. Well, Mm -hmm. he was very angry because when he was welding at work, he somehow got welded into the bulkhead of a ship and died. Oh, so that's needless not to nice. say, he was not right. Needless to say, he was not at rest. So a lot of the phenomena was triggered by Jackie, but I think anybody that had already moved in there would still be haunted by it. Now, um, like I said, I gotta pull up the specifics because it really gets hairy, and that's where we get into sideshow. So Jackie calls up, you know, the parapsychologists and things, and mm-hmm. let me see if I can get the team. So now is she getting the same thing? Is she claiming to be raped by entities and sexually molested by entities? Hmm. I know it hadn't gone that far, but where the uh, – Sexuality comes in is, let's see, Barry Conrad was having an affair with Jackie on the down low, but the problem was was he was a womanizer, and his roommate, Jeff Wheatcraft, uh, photographer, was severely attacked multiple times, and not just him. And if you look, there'll be a, if you look him up, there'll be a picture where he was in the attic and he was actually hung by his camera strap from the trusses. So they, you know, get him down and make sure he's still alive and this guy's scared. And when I think they were going on a show and what had happened was somebody was talking to Jackie, I think the host was, and she has this disposition against Jeff Wheatcraft, you know, Barry Conrad's roommate. So she wanted him out of the picture so, you know, she could have him all to herself. Well, the phenomena would follow uh, Barry Conrad and Jeff Wheatcraft to their apartment. Uh, there's, I believe it's like 45 minutes, if you can look on YouTube about it, uh, they actually film it. It's live. They'd go from the kitchen to the bedroom, and in instances they'd come home and you see it. The stove would turn on. The stove would be turned on. There'd be a box of bullets sitting there. Mm-hmm. There would be knives and pillows underneath. Uh, yeah, knives and scissors underneath the pillow, and things like that. And it was just. It would follow, and so it came out that Barry was, you know, sleeping with Jackie and. Uh, Jeff was in the way, so it's it wasn't the ghost doing it this time. It was Jackie, but the two would feed off of each other and almost synergize. So it's kind of like being in a stressful environment and having an agitator, but they're right. both symbiotic on each other. 
Hmm. Uh, I believe she's still living. And one of the things is with these with the psychokinesis is it's rela- is it's related to uh, seizure activity, and uh, you know that as well is something that's so very that portion of the brain is what's activating it. Yeah, I. Mm-hmm. It's I believe a reduction in the right hemisphere, and uh, kind of a. Reduction, but an increase in the left frontal lobe, mm-hmm. and I kind of see what they're talking about. There's MRIs and different things to show where it's part of the brain dims, and this you know part of the brain starts to heat up, and you can feel it throb in your head, and part of that is from you know it is from the uh, the penile gland, the penile gland. Mhm. Mm, What's so? What is sleep paralysis? Sleep paralysis is when you wake up mentally before your body wakes. So you can be awake, but you can't move. So when we go to sleep, you know, the body's pretty much out of commission, so we don't thrash around, but sometimes that's not always the case. A lot of times people will wake up and they'll uh, feel a presence or they'll feel a heaviness on their chest, and that. Uh, is sleep paralysis another thing that's very common that can be terrifying when it gets, say, uh, the appearance of a of an apparition? They call it old crone syndrome. Uh, they, you know, they say people have died from it. That it's a heart attack. They've witnessed, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, an old crone or a woman or a witch or a succubus sitting on their chest. You know, a lot of pressure. I've experienced that. It truly is terrifying. You've you've had it too, haven't yes, you? Yes, I was just gonna say I did not see anything, but I felt like an electricity going through my body, and I tried to get up, and I can't get up, and it's a horrifying feeling. Right. But I didn't right. see and, anything. Uh, but yeah, same thing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, man, that was kind of scary for me. It definitely is. I think the one thing that kind of terrified me are the when you think you wake up and you're screaming, but you're still dreaming, and then you finally wake up for real and you're trying to scream and you absolutely can't. Yeah, I've had those too. Yeah. They're creepy. Very. So, we are Uh, going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to get into all about what happened at the Alien Cat House in Vegas. Ooh. We'll be right back. Perfection does exist, and my name is Mistress Kiara. I've been a professional dominatrix for over 12 years, so I know all of the right buttons to push to make you melt for me. I'm well known for my love of blackmail, hypnosis, and financial domination, but my other favorite fetishes include foot worship, impact play of any kind, specification and feminization, anal training, bondage, humiliation, including small penis humiliation, cock and ball torture, forced intoxication, chastity and key holding, tease and denial, and fetish wrestling and boxing. Serve me in person in the Ann Arbor, Michigan area, or on my website, mrskiarsdungeon.com, where I offer phone, cam, and instant messaging sessions, as well as over 100 clips for you to purchase. What are you waiting for? I hear you're looking for a good mindfuck. That's my specialty. 
I love twisting and turning boys and wrapping them around my little finger. What I do is, I take time to get to know you on a level that you may not have experienced before. At first it's subtle, and then we get a little deeper and a little darker. I get under your skin and I get in your head, and before you know it, you're craving me. You're craving the things that I offer you on a level that has begun to keep you awake at night. I know it's a little scary. Who am I? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I'm Mistress Peyton. Peyton will break you? The Sensual Domination Mistress. And you? You can find me at sensualdominationmistress.com. Talk soon, naughty one. Well, come on. Let's see it. Drop your pants. Show us what you have to offer. Is that I, put, all? I put all the background music and everything in Your pendant will be seen by hundreds of unique <laughs> visitors each day, all of whom have the ability to rate your tiny member and leave a comment to tell you exactly what they think of it. Can you imagine the humiliation and exposure you'll experience? Well, why just imagine it when you can make it a reality? And the best part? Everything is 100% free. You're welcome, shrimp dick. Now go on over to Rate My Tiny Penis right now and submit us your most pitiful disgusting dick pic for all the world to see. And we're back. And Andy is going to regale us with these insane happenings at the haunted brothels in Las Vegas. Now we've got the alien cat house and there's also another one, is there not? Yeah. uh, The Mustang ranch was the first one. And what had happened here is a uh, boxer by the name of Oscar Benavena was shot outside the ranch in the heart by a guard for uh, supposedly having an affair with the ranch owner's wife. So uh, a lot of the activity is somewhere in this hallway in a B-room one. And, uh, you know, when we get into the episodes of the entity and, uh, you know, the forcefulness of being held down and Mm -hmm. uh, things of that physical nature also... um, they come out with his personality traits, such as being vile, mood swings, swearing, stuff like that. Um, and know, this is where? Okay, had, so is this in a certain room, or is it just going there? Uh, they say it's in uh, B1 is the room. They won't go particularly down whatever hallway leads to that. They, uh, they say it's the B hallway. You start feeling that kind of a presence, but the room B1 is the particular one. So that's at the Mustang And so the girls are being held down by forces that they can't see? Yes, and they've had a shaman and everything, and uh, this Madam Susan uh, was one that had, you know, she says here she felt something grab her heart and squeeze it. Uh, a lot of what happens when to a, a person walks into an area that has this kind of 
uh, trauma, even empaths, living or dead, will feel uh, kind of the events and things and uh, physiological conditions that had happened at someone's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, you know, it's this, uh, you know, be it the hostility or the nature of the work or, uh, you know, the instances that had died there, this went on during what was known as the Nye County Brothel Wars from the late 70s to the early 80s. Now, this was true warfare. What had happened was, and uh, it involved the alien cat house, uh, the owner of, uh, it was known as the Shamrock back then, this owner, Bill Martin, was a particularly unsavory character. And he didn't want the chicken ranch, uh, you know, doing business around there. So throughout his influence, this Bill Martin had uh, uh, the sheriff, uh, Glenn Henderson, who was very corrupt. Uh, Joe Richards is another name that we'll talk about, another unsavory character. And then there's uh, a revolving group called the Tonopah Mafia. And I believe that's where it comes into play here. But what had happened was Bill Martin says, I don't want this chicken ranch here, so I'm going to pay you three guys, go and firebomb it. So one morning, instead of, uh, you know, the courtesan getting a call, she gets a firebomb into the whole opening. Well, luckily, Holy cow, when was this? Yeah. Uh, this was at the Chicken Ranch in Las Vegas in uh, 1979. This place still oh, exists. It's still okay. running. Mm-hmm. So the Chicken Ranch is uh, still running. Oh yeah, still doing okay. well. Still doing well. They they don't have any reports of hauntings or anything. Though I'd like to see if there would be anything kind of residual from that amount of energy. I I seriously doubt it. Um. So Bill Martin owns the Shamrock. Very dirty. Um, he pays these three guys to firebomb the chicken ranch. Luckily, nobody gets hurt. Now, uh, later on, Bill Martin gets uh, tied to the firebombing. Two of the three guys uh, get put in jail, and that's very important uh, later on. Uh, One of the guys, however, and I think this guy is particularly uh, shady, he was actually executed by, I think, the state of Nevada for murdering a California couple. Now, one of the uh, entities, Mike, in the kitchen at the alien cat house, is a bit restless, throws pans around and things like that, and stays to the kitchen. Uh, I believe he was a maintenance guy or something like that. And Barney at the diner next door said that he shouldn't be worried his killer is in prison. So that leads me to believe it's one of, it's one of these two people. And now these guys are still alive. Um, oh, really? Yes. Yes. Joe Richards is still alive. Two of these other guys, they're still in. Um, like I said, there, it was a big revolving crew, but it's uh, when I had watched the video of the first Ouija board session, Madam Lydia at the time who worked there was leading it. Uh, she said, okay, I'll get a Ouija board, even though she really didn't kind of believe in this stuff. 
So the girls got a Ouija board for Christmas. Didn't really think anything of it. A lot of them didn't. Well, Okay, and these they, are the girls at the alien cat house. Yes. Uh, Rita okay. Crystal Skull was the one that I had focused a lot on because it was a little easier to talk to her. There was uh, Bridget Moore. Uh, Lena Hayes was another one. There's a couple others that were in the room that I couldn't really get to. Like I said, Lita Crystal Skull was the one who I could uh, talk to the most. Um, at the beginning of this Ouija board session, you can see that they don't really, you know, they play, they kind of kid around, don't really take it serious. So you can kind of see that the planchette either doesn't move or just really, you know, goes awry. But later on when they start to focus, they talk about this um, woman, an apparition that appears. She's, I believe, in white and has dark hair. And uh, they get an initial, and it was E. We're not sure there's other initials in there. And the thing is, is E is an actual person, and her skeleton was found in the wall before uh, Dennis Hoff took over. Now, this skeleton, E, is owned by Joe Richards. In the Ouija session, we hear Lydia asking E, who killed her, was it Joe Richards? And it says no. Well, Lydia didn't think to ask if it was Bill Martin or anybody else. Bill Martin was still alive at this time because E places her death in the early 80s. Now, Bill Martin was shot by a Joseph... Uh, Gerald Asoff, they call him, yeah, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Asoff. This was in, I think it was uh, 1982. Uh, he wanted to buy <clears throat> the uh, Shamrock, but uh, he paid the money, and Bill Martin said, you know, F you. So Gerald went and went That's to his house, knocked on the door. And, no. Nope. So he went, so Bill uh, answered the door when uh, Gerald Asoff answered, and uh, Gerald just went ahead and shot him in the head. Oh, my. Yes. Hello, Dido. Now, we already have that. We go to five years later. Now, Gerald okay. Asoff was part of the Tonopah Mafia. That's why he was in. But this was, a, you know, very revolving a bunch of, you know, young punks. So, now, a lot of these murders happened in December. For some reason, that's very important. (laughs) And they're all within less than 100 miles. Uh, One morning, the fire department and police come to a burned vehicle, a burned body, and a license of, we can go ahead and guess that it's, Gerald Asoff, even though dental records don't match. Well, this is Las Vegas. These are gangster rules. Uh, the dental right. records for the spirit and the skeleton of E didn't match. However, I'm not surprised. It's um, back then, you know, there was the dirty sheriff who else would be running this type of an operation. And you don't really get to get away with putting somebody in the wall like that. Right. And that's who so, they that's who they contacted? 
he was the yeah he is the spirit. Her skeleton was the one found, and Gerald uh, uh, Joe Richards owns that skeleton. Uh, we get let's see a lot more answers in the second session, and these are up at the Alien Cat House Periscope. They're still there. You'll there's three of them. They're about forty eight minutes long. Um, so if you want to have a look at these, if anybody wants to have a look at these sessions, these Ouija board sessions that the girls had at the cat house, they can do so on Periscope, but what, like, who, what is it, the Alien Cat House Periscope? Yeah, if you go to your, your Periscope app, or uh, I think the Alien Cat House might have a link to their Periscope page. Uh, they're on there as well as a couple of videos of Lita Crystal School giving a uh, tour. But, yeah, these are the uh, uh, Christmas – it'll say Ouija board, and there's three of them. Uh, the second session is a little bit more focused, and they start talking about the – they see a shadow man there. Um, I believe we got about seven spirits are there. Now, I'm real skeptical because uh, – even though there was the two solid entities of Mike and E who had been killed there, we get another uh, spirit who was a mother said that had worked there and her son was, I think, killed. Uh, and that's the thing is we, is you'll also, when you watch these, I, uh, in a, at about 10 minutes into the first one, I'll introduce myself as former, you know, paranormal investigator and ufologist, and then I was helping them out. There's also another one or two people, you know, kind of giving guidance. But um, from what I I followed up with Lita Crystal's skull, uh, it came to be that it was more than just paranoia. They had fallen sick, I think they said about a day or two after that, Lydia and um, Lita but Lena Hayes and some of the other girls had a lot of problems with the Ouija board. And uh, some instances, I guess, that affected them. And so they, uh, Lena had gotten in contact with somebody. I wasn't able to find out who. And uh, I believe it was, you know, the common, say, Wiccan Catholic ritual of smudging and blessing uh, mm-hmm. crystals and things like that. Um, so it didn't, it did seem to affect them. And like, you know, I'd been following them and, uh, they'd take trips home to visit their family. They'd reflect upon their lives and things like that. And would start to be a little bit more, uh, joyous. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think that that's kind of the thing is, you know, occupational hazard is, you know, you never know what kind of a person you're dealing with when you're a sex worker. You kind of hope so. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I had, you know, I had gotten so much flack for this from everybody on my page, every community. And I just finally had to say, look, you know, I was I was a former sex worker. And the circumstances different. You know, sugar babying wasn't terribly bad except for, you know, yes, I have been raped by guy and girl and unfortunately one of the fellows that I was, you know, with, no, wasn't the right answer. So, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of learned to move on and heal. 
so I did see a lot of that with the girls and um, seemed a lot more uh, happier. Like I said, you know, I focused a lot on Lita, and she seems to be coming along. In that uh, first Ouija session, I believe she will talk. A lot of the girls will actually talk about that. A few of them believe uh, that they felt somebody get into bed with them. Uh, Lita, in particular, talks about her old, an old place of residence where she would hear uh, footsteps uh, running up and down the stairs, uh, the black handprint hitting the shower curtain. I think a lot of that is her being stressed, which understandably so, uh, mm-hmm. in, in things. And I think it's it, it's more her kind of being stressed. I'm not saying that right. there really isn't something there because I've asked that, you know, ever since everything, how has it remained? Because uh, when Madame Lydia was there, she actually salted her room and doorways and windows. And she said, and Lita said that she had kind of felt the safest there, but uh, I wasn't able to, you know, keep up with uh, Madame Lydia, unfortunately. But uh, the others are just fine. So was this some, were you physically there for this? No, unfortunately I wasn't. Uh, I watched them from Periscope. I was mm-hmm. it, that Christmas night. I was literally getting ready to turn my phone off, and it had just come up that they were doing a Ouija session, and I thought, really, okay. You don't want to miss it, I, yeah. I, yeah, because I've seen, uh, I believe, in the UK, he's uh, a ghost hunter, and he does some Ouija sessions in his house and things like that and it's you know we've all run into bad encounters on what not to do and things will come through and the other thing too is some will a lot will say that the Ouija board doesn't communicate with spirits and that there aren't and that it's more of a subconscious projection and that is true but like I say I do believe that there is a good mix between these two uh, such as with the exorcist case, he was trying to contact, I believe, a dead aunt or somebody. And uh-huh. you just never know who you're really getting. And I see that in this second session that there's some inconsistencies and they do question about it that, you know, is the entity just messing with us? Is it just playing? Yes. And then even the entity itself admits it. But I think the fact that there was still something there and that they had found a skeleton in the, in the wall is enough to think that there's something there. Uh, but they say that it doesn't, it really hasn't changed much, kind of the same as it ever was. So mm-hmm. I honestly want to take a trip out there. I'm trying to. I thought it would be next month, but it might be next year early. Just to see, because I like, I, I was like, okay, a brothel, they're still around. And what's, you know, what is it like? It's, it's not like this um, misconception of the old Wild West days. It's, mm. uh, it's, I'm, I'm sorry to say that in a lot of uh, restaurant businesses, you don't get that kind of a professional hospitality or, or courtesy. And, you know, it's, they're, you know, they're dealing with people and on a different level and things so it's you know brothels have come a long way it's actually very safe 
during this research, I had to, you know, find out, short of making an appointment, <laughs> you know, what goes on there. Uh-huh. Uh, so it actually is, is very safe. These girls are tested weekly. Condoms are mandatory. They're all independent contractors. Uh-huh. Um, but it, you know, seems legit. And another reason why it appealed to me, obviously not because I want to nail everything out there in the great beyond to and on Mars, <laughs> but I come from the Southwest. And I had looked at a lot of these old places, such as the St. James Hotel in uh, Cimarron, New Mexico. And that is haunted by two entities. And one of them is the uh, male owner who won the place in a card game, but was shot right there in the bar. And, you know, kind of made his way to his room and died of the gunshot wound. And... um, I've seen uh, video from uh, Unsolved Mysteries when uh, Peter Aykroyd was there with the OSIR, Dan Aykroyd's brother. He in- mm-hmm. they investigated it with a medium, Jackie Littlejohn, who I wanted to work with, but unfortunately she had died a couple years too late. But uh, right. I had seen the Ghost Adventures crew go back to the St. James Hotel and had seen the entity look and peek from behind the wall at the camera because I think some of them, when, when they die, they're still trapped in that time, so they kind of wonder what's going on around them. So it was interesting to watch uh, this guy look at the camera kind of playing peekable to see what it was because he wasn't familiar with it from the times. pretty cool this is like it's like no matter where you go there's all these entities and there's so much to investigate you're going to be going you you have to do this you have to go out to the cat house and do it yourself (laughs) you really do i'm I'm trying i am i'm I'm trying i gotta see how to get out there uh another place is uh, before this was the Alien Cat House, it was the uh, Cherry Patch 2. Mm-hmm. And there's a Cherry Patch 1 that uh, is kind of a, a ghost brothel. And one of the headline quotes is, you can still smell the sex in the air. The mattresses, the furniture, everything is still there. Uh, don't know what uh, Dennis Hoff has done with it. I tried to tweet at him, but I guess, you know, guy's living it up. <laughs> Well, I guess he's a busy guy because he has an awful lot of brothels to take care of. Not, and I guess he's really good. got to take care of people who go and <laughs> OD in his brothels. So. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the other things that I thought was, uh, is it the chicken ranch, I believe it is, that they're trying to give it to, uh, you know, the courtesans to to own and operate, you know, for their revenue which would mean that, you know, all the earnings go to the house and distribute it equally, whereas if you would go to any one of these other places now, uh, the girls only get half. The other half goes to right. the house. So it's that was the other reason why it stuck with me was because, you know, they talk about they got to work, but, you know, two weeks for so much of a paycheck, and it's ugh, what haven't we all, you know, done or thought for money or struggles real. <laughs> It is. It truly is. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like, like we got that. What's that guy? Uh, what's his name on the Ghost Bangers show? 
Yeah, he was a new one. That show, Ghost Banger. He, he's a afterlife pickup artist. He was teasing about what? how come all these afterlife pickup artist? No, no, no. Yeah, I've not even yeah. heard of this show. What is this? What is this? Yeah, look, uh, it's all one word called Ghost Banger, and he goes to you see some location where a uh, sea captain's wife is supposed to be a bit frisky there. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's a YouTube thing on, and he tries to set up like a legitimate uh, paranormal investigation, but only with the getting laid in mind. So he's got the. So is know, this what his show is about? Is every time he goes and tries to get laid by ghosts? <laughs> yeah, it, it's all parody comedy. Oh my god, this is on like out TV he, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, here's the kicker. Yeah. Is, is the kicker is he says, he, you know, later on in the in the night, almost at three, I believe it was, he's sitting there on the bed, night vision on everything, and he's eating the chocolate. And he's like, I'm very disappointed. He's like, you know, I've eaten this chocolate all by myself. He's like, maybe I got to step up my game a little bit and uh, provoke. So in the next frame, he's tied up on the bed by himself. <laughs> Jeez. God, people will do anything to get on TV. To I get swear a to God. Right? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All righty okay, then. And then we Paranormal had the um, pickup artist. Let me see. I think it was a couple. It was a few years ago. I'm not sure if it was on uh, TLC or Discovery or Destination. They had a uh, trio of uh, widowed uh, women that would essentially do the same thing, seek out uh, an afterlife lover. I hadn't, uh, w- I haven't watched any of the episodes because I, I guess I really don't know that it would come true and it's just, that's too much for me. And then there was, what was there? There was a place in Florida that I believe is the hot spot where the girls go. Let me see here. The Amber Tides Motel in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The Amber Tides? Yes, Amber Tides, Clearwater Beach, Florida. Apparently, this is the place where you can get the sense, where the ladies can get the sensation. Uh, I don't really think as far as uh, penetration it is. uh, Pretty much when you run into any type of an energy, it is a, of a static feel and then, you know, a sensory perception and an electric charge and things like that. And then it just kind of gets the juices going. But there are also um, haunted strip clubs where, uh, let's see, Ghost Adventures had that. There's a haunted strip club in New York where uh, one of the uh, deceased janitors will still go around grabbing booty and checking the girls. Well, yes. you know, you can take the men out of physical form, but you just can't take. Yeah, really, they 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 be like they die as pigs. That's right. And they stay Fuck. pigs, like it's just like Aww. perma pig. I like it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much how you live is kind of how you'll be in the afterlife of a more uh, baser nature. You'll still have your personality. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, there's a point in time where, you know, everybody's got to cross over. 
But hey, I guess if you gotta go and you gotta go, why not? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess yeah. I mean, if you can if you can cop a feel, no matter what form you happen to be in, go right ahead and cop that feel. So, Andy, is there anything else that you want to tell us? Oh goodness, I'm not sure. What else do you guys want to know? I don't know. God, there's just what else? How's the chat room doing? I actually don't. I can't have the. I can't see the chat room. It's all room good. Or anything, you, so. People are very wrapped in listening to you. Are they? Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of this is, you know, some of it's very uh, common among people being stressed. Some of it is common among people being. Uh, Lonely, I think. Right. Um, when so then it's still really, about, there's still that two sides of the coin, the whole chicken and egg thing. Is it actually coming from their mind, or are they really experiencing these things? And I think, like you said, in some cases they're really experiencing it, and in other cases it's very clear that it's probably coming from a possible mental illness, if not, you know, PTSD of some kind that's causing a lot of these issues that are going on in their lives? Mm. Uh, not so much mental illness. It's uh, seizure activity uh, and a, a kind of a light seizural activity. I mean, it's so light. Uh, benzodiazepines are a common prescription for it. Uh, that, you know, and did, uh, when they take these benzos, are they then it's relieved the of having to do this? Like they they don't get attacked when they take them? It, uh, it suppresses the activity. Like within uh, the San Pedro haunting, uh, now they had pictured uh, a couple of little light orbs, and that's another thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't. Be- a lot of you know don't believe that there are orbs. Uh, that it is dust. No, I've seen both where it, it is uh, an intelligent moving ball of light that's not dust. Um, they have those there, but when um, Jackie would be, uh, she was, a, unfortunately, she was an alcoholic too. Uh, when she would drink, the activity would subside. And that's one of the things that they'll look for in uh, psychokinesis or anything like that or hauntings mm-hmm. is, yes, mental illness. Uh, what uh, medications are you taking? Uh, kind of the right. joke when Bill Murray was in Ghostbusters and asked if she was menstruating, you know, what has that got to do with it? Well, uh, the hormonal fluctuations in the body and the chemicals uh, will trigger these things, such as, uh, younger kids or are more pure and susceptible to seeing these and hearing them. Mm-hmm. Um, teenagers are another phase. Uh, another case is menopause. Uh, who was that? Paranormal state when that was playing mm-hmm. with Ryan Buell. Unfortunately, um, I thought he had a, he had integrity. He had a good team, a good methodology. Ryan Buell blows balls. We now know that. Yes. Yeah, we do. Yes. Right. yes. He went and scammed everybody and faked this and faked that, and that was very sad. 
Uh, one mm-hmm. case he did have that was of, sponta- of, of a RSPK, a woman was going through menopause and rocks and things would be thrown not very far and very hard. Uh, and, that, and a lot of that was her stress also for moving from a bad neighborhood to protect her family. But also the you know hormonal imbalance would cause uh, the activity. Hmm. That's actually intensely interesting. So it all is basically coming up to well, it makes sense. Brain function along with other issues. Well, it's all energy, so it makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That is so cool. Well, thank you so much, Andy, thank for being you. on the show. This is just, it was so intensely interesting. And uh, it's just like, you really could do these paranormal shows every on single on show. On, yeah, yeah, like it, there's just so <laughs> much that we could cover. It's just endless. Oh, anytime soon, you know, anytime. Well, honestly, thank you very much for, for enlightening us on this whole aspect of Sex with ghosts is just so cool. And creepy. Totally. You're welcome. You You guys are very welcome. (laughs) So we will talk to you later, Andy. All righty. Have a good one. Ta-ta. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. So... Thank you, Andy, honestly, for being an amazing guest. He always gives us such amazing information. Always. It's so freaking cool. Um, thank you, Ashley, for Aww, keeping me company. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to everybody in the chat room tonight. We had Castaway and Polly Bell and the Doctor and Literatrix and Will Nova and Sir Beast, all kinds of people were just chatting it up. We were all discussing creepy things. Listen, of course, thank you my listener, for listening in tonight. And don't forget to grab your copy of Greedy by Madame Sosse. You can find the link on InBed for this particular show. And you can also find it on madamesosse.com, which is, just so you know, S-O-S-S-E-T-T-E.com, Madame Sosse. And click on, you'll see a link at the top, and it'll say Dr. Sue Greedy, which (laughs) we all know that's true. Anyways, that's where you can order your book. So, um, what else do you guys need to know before we go? Well, you can find everything Dr. Sue, including my audios, on the com. Yeah. Of course. Listen to all of our past shows on InBedWithDrSue.com. Ashley, where yes. can they find you? They can find me at AshleyJill.net. They can also find me at iWantClips at www.com. Uh, I, I want AshleyJill.com, mm-hmm. and then they can find me on Clips for Sale and Night Flirt. And Twitter Roni. Yes, Twitter at um, Ashley Jill Pinup. Ashley Jill Pinup. So there you go. So you can always talk to Ashley if you feel like doing so. So if you get a chance, I also did an interview with Camille Bougeli of TPOK Network's Stereotyped on Motivation and BDSM where we were discussing the traps of humiliation and at what point your DNS relationship is becoming abusive. Really good show. You guys really need to have a listen to that. You can find it on iTunes. 
And you can also find it at Stereotyped.com. It's Stereo-typed.com. Look for episode 38. Um, it can save you from an abusive relationship, so it would do you guys good to listen to this, especially my submissive boys out there. You need to keep an eye on your humiliation and just how far you're going. On the next In Bed, on November 21st, we're discussing leather, latex, vinyl, rubber, Ooh, all those luscious sensation play elements with my guest leather enthusiast, Leather Freak, and the lovely Mistress Vinyl Queen. So be sure to hit us up on Tuesday, November 23rd, 21st, 2-1, um, at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Until the next show, you guys, embrace your uniqueness and celebrate your own delicious differences. Thanks for listening, you guys. Good night. Mwah!